0: This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you going? I'm great. How are you? I'm very excited for this episode.
0: So am I. I Honestly, I think we've, we've spoken a lot about the fact that FODMAPs are a big part of our life, but the fact that other people want to listen to us talk about it is truly thrilling. <laughs> Oh my God,
1: I'm absolutely shocked. Okay,
0: okay how should we start? Um, should we start by giving people a little bit of a non-gory background on our our situations that of led course. to us um, exploring low map?
1: And I think there's a bit of a disclaimer to start with. If you don't like poo talk, not saying that we're oh all going to be poo talk by any means, but we're talking about gut issues here. And if you're in the mindset that, poo is gross and that it shouldn't be talked about that's fine I understand it but if you have a chronic gut condition talking about poo becomes very normal and talking about your bowel habits etc and what makes you feel sick so this episode is going to be about that and if you don't like that that's fine just don't listen.
0: We're going to try to be not too like graphic, I guess, in discussion. But I think that it's something worth listening to if maybe you've got tummy troubles and you're not 100% sure why, because sometimes this can be a really good place to explore and it's something that you can do on your own. So probably worth listening to if you've got a little bit of something not quite right.
1: I think it's probably also good to listen to if you have a friend or a family member that suffers from celiac or any kind of intolerance, because before you've gone through it, you just don't have the empathy or literally just the basic understanding of why they can't eat that food and what you need to be
0: careful about when you're preparing food for them. Oh, 100%. My mother still has no clue. (sighs) So sad. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so All right. go through you go your first. medical... Oh, okay. Oh. No, you, you got diagnosed first, so you go first. Okay, yeah,
1: I've been on this journey a little longer. So I say to people that I have IBS uh, because it's easier. Technically, I don't have IBS because IBS is what you are diagnosed with when every other sort of medical cause has been ruled out. And I do have a medical cause for my digestive issues, which is called gastroparesis. And it is a condition in which your lower esophageal sphincter, so the one that's sort of near your tummy, is paralyzed or like kind of close to paralyzed, which means that it doesn't really close and open properly, which Mm -hmm. means that food can just sit in my stomach and not really pass through. And also food can also get kind of regurgitated back up. So I get reflux and I have very slow digestion. And in combination with that, I also have quite a hardcore gluten and largely fructose um, intolerance, which means that if I eat the wrong foods, they sit and ferment in my tummy and they sit for uh, longer than they would in a normal person who has those digestive issues, which means I essentially brew bacteria bloat and get really complicated for a really long period of time. So um, I'm lucky. Yeah, I'm lucky in that mine is quite mild, my gastroproces. There's a lot of people that are tube fed with this condition, and it's really quite serious. Um, but it is also why I often talk about having a cheeky vomit and people think that I'm a bit weird when I talk about how much I vomit, but that's the medical reason why if I eat too much or, you know, get like exercise too soon after eating, I'll just spew. So yeah, that's 100%. me. Now, yours <laughs> is a little more recent, but yours is actually more, much more serious than mine.
0: Go oh, on with your Technically. Um, so I have, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which um. I mean, most people don't get diagnosed for a long time, so I think I, I'm relatively lucky in that I was able to get diagnosed pretty quickly um, once I started to have issues. Um, Adrian and I both have Crohn's, which is fun, um, mm. and there are different. Wa-
1: can I just clarify? Don't you also have ulcerative colitis?
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. So my Crohn's Crohn's can display in different ways depending on where in your GI tract you. Uh, showing like the symptoms or like the inflammation and stuff. Um, so mine is in my um, large bowel, which is the last bit before you poop. Um, it's the last part of the gastrointestinal tract. So my symptoms display as more similar to ulcerative colitis symptoms where I get like urgency and more like IBS slash D, which is like the diarrhea side of things, mm-hmm. which is just
1: I'm, lovely. Yeah, I'm more IBS- C, C, which is quite the patient prone.
0: Correct. So whereas Adrian, for instance, has Crohn's and he's got it in his small bowel and not to talk about him too much on this podcast, it's not about him, <laughs> but he gets like different symptoms to me and he gets symptoms really similar to you actually, Lisa, mm. where he also got diagnosed with Barrett's symptom or really early signs of Barrett's syndrome, which is where your, that sphincter um, hasn't been working properly and the acid has started to come through to the esophagus and sort of like wear away at it. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many different ways that that digestive issues can present and I think there's so much more research that needs to be done into them. Um, but this is one way that we're handling our symptoms.
1: Yeah, and just to clarify the difference between IBS and IBD, which is the other term for what Alex has, IBD is – it's literally your body starts to attack itself and it's inflammation in the bowel, whereas IBS is irritable bowel. So it's like yep. it's inflamed. But what Alex has is an autoimmune condition versus something that might be, it it also can be impacted by stress or lifestyle, but they're yep. different and hers is a more chronic condition and more lifelong and can have much more severe health outcomes than IBS. Even though IBS, I can attest, can be absolutely debilitating
0: uh 100% and okay. i i i completely agree and i think that like there's no way of saying like one is worse than the other because i just simply do not think that's the case but it's just clinically the different ways that your symptoms present and like what your biopsies show and like what's happening below the surface rather than just like on a symptomatic level
1: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. yeah uh speaking of research Briefly, I want to touch on the fact that we are so lucky in that we live in Australia and Australia pioneered the FODMAP research at I um, know. Monash Uni just down the road. So good. So we're so lucky in that we're, we're able to see professionals that are like really trained in that area mm. um so lots of our gastros will be FODMAP trained lots of our dietitians around us are FODMAP trained my dad I'm lucky enough is a food scientist and he has many friends on the Monash Uni um FODMAP team which is why I managed to get such good health professionals um <laughs> I don't know on my case
0: yeah um,
1: and speaking of health professionals While I am a health professional, I am not a dietitian. So please don't take, neither is Alex, she's even less of a health professional than me. So please don't take anything we say as gospel. However, I have done a lot of research in the area. And when I was on my hospital placements, the dietitians used to actually come to me because they all knew about tube feeding and like a lot about the area, you know, of digestion and FODMAP stuff. So, when are yeah. not a health professional, please go seek many of the great health professionals out there. Also, Marika Day on Instagram yeah. is fabulous and she is a FODMAP certified dietitian. But we do know what we're talking about from both a decent amount of research and also anecdotal evidence. So
0: yeah, for sure. And for anybody wondering, not that anyone is wondering, but I never actually saw a dietitian or a nutritionist or anybody who recommended that I go on the FODMAP diet actually came in part by recommendation from Lisa and also from just my sister's girlfriend who happens to actually be a qualified dietitian who was like, maybe you should try this. Here are some readings. And I followed the Monash FODMAP app to get me through my journey, which is an invaluable resource.
1: Absolutely. I was going to say probably the only things that I recommend you spending your money on are the Monash FODMAP app and potentially the FODMAP friendly cookbook by Georgia McDermott because she ranked and has really good foodie recipes. Whereas there's a bunch of, bunch of shoe uh shoe shepherd Shoe <laughs> <laughs> Shepherd, who was one of the um original uh researchers who kind of pioneered the FODMAP diet, but she's sort of now come on she kind of tried to like monetize it now. So she's got a bunch of books, but they're all like toasted sandwich and you're like well fuck I could figure out how to make that FODMAP myself whereas Ugh. the um, FODMAP friendly book by um, George Eats is
0: like nice fancy food that you might not yeah, have thought of. Making it's the before. best especially because uh, I could go on forever but when you're first cutting out all of your FODMAPs it's like you have the if you don't come prepared to that party you have the blandest diet in the whole entire world and to read a book a cookbook like the george Eat ones george eats one and be like oh my goodness i can eat pad thai Mm -hmm. like whoa and you're like my life has changed absolutely yeah yeah and the monash fodmap app is ten dollars it takes you through all of the like layman's terms research on like what fodmaps are And like you can search for different foods to be like, oh, I'm not sure if I can eat this. And it will tell you like how much you can eat before you're dipping into like something that might be mid or high level in FODMAPs. And it's a traffic light system. It's very easy to understand.
1: Yep, absolutely. And that is a important thing as well. With the FODMAP diet, it's not so much about you can't eat broccoli you can't eat celery you can't eat sweet potato it's like you yep. can have a quarter of a cup of this or half a cup of that so yep. you've got to be really careful at getting like an array of foods and just not overeating any of them um 100%. you can accidentally stack up foods easily so it's that monash app is absolutely Absolutely fabulous. And then one more thing before we move into the fun stuff and stop talking about like medical stuff.
0: Wait, should we talk about we haven't even really talked about what FODMAPs are. No, I'm
1: gonna get into that. I'm okay, gonna cool. That. But I just wanted to say that particularly if you are one of those people that has had or has a tricky relationship with food, the FODMAP diet can be super triggering. Um, just mm. like any just like going vegetarian or going vegan or anything like that, it can be really tricky. I'm very lucky, thank you, my mum, that I have (laughs) always had quite a healthy relationship with body image and food, but I found that I entirely lost my marbles when I was doing the FODMAP diet in terms of I didn't want to eat out because I was so nervous that I was going to bloat and feel really sick and then I had to leave and then Brenton would get sad and then I'd have to leave Brenton there and I'd have to come home or that I was going to get diarrhea and I'd feel really nervous and all of those things. And it made me an absolute psycho and it made me not want to socialize. So there's that aspect. And also
0: the orthorexic aspect, which is like you over analyze everything that you eat you can Mm. like get really crazy about weighing stuff and yeah
1: absolutely it can just make you really aware of what you're putting into your body and it can also just make you really aware of like every single element of bloat or discomfort that like most people do bloat and most people do have that feeling and they might not be as clued into it as you are particularly when you're monitoring for those symptoms so just be careful don't lose your marbles have a person that you can check in with whether it be a health professional or not and just say like. Have I lost it or mm. am I doing okay? Now for sure. FODMAPs. It's an acronym. Do you know that I, I don't know the acronym off my heart. I always have to check it. But uh, um I've, I've written it I down. I can't write it down. I can't do it off the top of my head. I wish I could. FODMAPS are short chain carbohydrates. They're broken yep. down in the large intestine, which is Alex's faulty part, and <laughs> and they become food for the bacteria here, and they cause. Floating gas, etc. So the mm-hmm. F stands for fermentable, which is that feeding the bacteria situation. O is for oligosaccharides, which is fructans, largely wheat, onion, garlic, and GOS. That's the kind of stuff that's malabsorbed in everyone. So just think fatty foods like beans and cabbage <laughs> and stuff. You've got disaccharides, which is really lactose. Monosaccharides, which is fructose, and polyols, which is largely artificial sweeteners and stone fruits. Yep. That's Nailed it. a lot of foods that you've got to avoid when you're on this diet. Yes. All right, you take over.
0: Um, I was going to say that, first of all, when you start doing the low FODMAP diet, what you need to do, I guess, is start by eliminating all of the FODMAPs, which is why I said that your diet is very bland to begin with. But the idea is that most people should be able to, by the end of the journey, pinpoint what it is that they are particularly sensitive to. So that's something that they can be mindful in their diet moving forward um long term the diet isn't necessarily about avoiding everything unless they're all trigger foods for you Mm -hmm. um so it is important to follow the journey the whole way through rather than just going oops looks like I'm intolerant to everything and never going back to it Um, because I do feel that whilst on the start of my journey I was intolerant to everything like hardcore intolerant to everything I'm now only intolerant to fructans and sorbitol and lactose and only specific types of each of those categories are like really triggering for me.
1: Yeah, that's the even better part is that you'll figure out the category that you might be bad with and then you'll often find like I've got some friends that can have onion but not garlic or vice versa. Um, Some friends can have a decent amount of wheat and be okay but they can't have any onion or garlic. I'm lucky that's me being ironic in that I cannot have any trace amount of onion garlic or wheat pretty much which is just fabulous for me but that's okay and that's been tested with a with a um specific FODMAP certified dietitian in that he was just like you're so fucked up I think you need to avoid those for life and yeah
0: like, thanks so much <laughs> whereas for me like I've got those two to three main categories that I know that like I'm relatively bad with, but there are certain things like with the fructans, onion and garlic are my trigger. I know sorbitol, avocado is my trigger. And I know it's the worst because I loved avocado before everything went topsy-turvy for me. And lactose, for instance, I can eat nowadays the majority of cheeses Mm. and I still have to avoid milks and yogurts. Um, But in the beginning I couldn't even eat something with like whey powder in it, for example. It would just make me so unwell. So. It's definitely important to, yeah, keep a diary and become aware.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think I'm really lucky. I feel like I'm the only person in the world that is actually super lactose tolerant, which is very Mm. considering my dad makes dairy products for a living. (laughs) I I think I'd trained from birth for this. Um, So, but yeah, just do keep in mind that like you're not avoiding dairy per se, you're avoiding lactose. So a lot of the time you can have hard cheeses and stuff. Sure, milk might, might make you shit yourself.
0: Yeah, and because there are proteins, health, but, proteins in dairies that can yeah. upset some people. But it's all very individual.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but a little bit of cheese here and there is probably not going to kill you. Luckily, thank God. But <laughs> Let's talk about our pantry stage pools and non-negotiables and snacks and brands and stuff.
0: How do you want to start? Oh, uh, let's just let's start with some good brands. I think that that cover the low fodmap solutions for someone who's going hardcore. Sure. Um, I've written down No-Go as my number one brand.
1: Absolutely. Same. (laughs) And um, Hero product would be the jalapeno salsa. Oh,
0: oh, without a doubt. Um, I also truly love their zingy ginger. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a paste. And the reason that it's really good is if you can't be bothered chopping up your spring onions and dealing with your ginger and all that sort of stuff, it's something that's really great to just keep in your fridge and you can just scoop it into like a Thai dish or... Um, most Asian recipes or just add it to vegetables for a little bit of flavor. And it just like brings some flavor back into your life.
1: Absolutely. A good thing with the salsa as well is it's quite spicy. So I often find that I can mm. use a little bit of that in conjunction with like tinned tomatoes and make that into like an enchilada sauce or like dilute it as a salsa. So you can make it go further as well.
0: So true. But yeah, they're absolute staples and they're not, I mean, none of this stuff is affordable and you mm. can make it all yourself. Like if you look at the ingredient list, you're like, oh, that's easy but that it's just the convenience of these things
1: the jalapeno salsa it's like i just always have three in the pantry that's the one thing i wouldn't bother to make myself yeah most of the other things i will that it's like just don't bother it really don't bother you wouldn't make a bloody old el paso salsa yourself
0: so just splurge a little bit on that so true um what's your like a category that you have
1: i put down fodmap for you which is mm. the monash brand certified I don't use any of those products at all anymore. I did buy Mm. one today, which was the green curry. When I started on the FODMAP diet and was like, oh, there's just no ready-made food, that was a great one that you could just chuck whatever vegetables or protein you had in with it. And it tasted decently yummy. So that's a good one, a very good one to have actually. And curries are very hard to find. And a lot of the gourmet curry pastes um, are quite expensive. So that one's great because you can just get it from Coles. And if you're in a, a pickle... It's very accessible.
0: I totally agree. Like one of my biggest things when I first started was like I couldn't eat any like pre-made Asian sauces like hoisin and things like that because they've got so much onion and garlic in them. And the FODMAP for you teriyaki was a good one for me.
1: Yeah, I do really Mm. miss teriyaki. Um, Mm. Another one that I've mentioned a weird amount of times in this podcast already is the No Worries Curries. They're powder sachets, so they're great because you can just keep them in your spice jar a mm. spice cabinet they're not going to go off and you can just add like tin tomatoes or coconut milk
0: or whatever and make a curry with it super super easy they're great i've just bought them and they're also and they're like what I think they're like $8, but you get two curries out of them, which is like the same amount that you'd pay for like a jar of curry paste that you'd get like, you know, one curry out of or whatever. from the Yeah, supermarket.
1: I find that I get about four curries out of them too. I, I don't use anywhere near the amount they say because I'm a bit of a pussy when it comes to spice. So oh, yeah, I'm all about me. it.
0: <laughs> they last
1: me a long time. Um, Other things that I thought I would mention is you don't have to be gluten-free on a low FODMAP diet, but some people are both. And also it's just easier to avoid wheat if you avoid gluten because you know mm. that you're not having any wheat.
2: Mm. Um,
1: so if I'm at the supermarket, I'm going to opt for Barilla pasta. What do you opt for if you're supermarket gluten-free
0: shopping? Oh, I rarely supermarket gluten-free shop because I'm a princess. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I guess I would go the Barilla. I'm not – yeah, I mean all the pastas from the supermarket are kind of the same in my opinion. <gasps>
1: Our friend Liv, Armadale here, Liv, she likes a San Remo, but I think with a San Remo, you've got to deliberately cook it like two minutes under what it says because it goes soggy really fast, whereas Barilla is a little bit more resilient. However, I can't
0: remember the name of the brand, the fancy pasta brand that I get. It's Casolare, I think. It's in the the box. Yeah,
1: I like that. And there's another one that I love and I cannot remember what it is. You can get it from like... I want to say Toscanos and, you know, fancy gourmet supermarkets. I'll find a photo of it. I don't have any in the pantry at the moment, so I don't remember. But it's an Italian brand and it says on it, like, San's Gluten. And I'm like, if it's not in English, it's probably good.
0: I wanted to flag as well, there are some gluten-free pastas that use um, Besson flour, which is chickpea flour, and that is not low FODMAP. Oh, so be be aware. Yeah, and
1: those Pulse pastas, I've seen a lot of people that – um, have been eating the pulse pasture of late because you know they think it's healthier and they're like, I'm so bloated. And I'm like, mate, it's because you just no, accidentally shit. ate like eight cans of chickpeas in that pasture. <laughs> so that's so true. Um, the other thing is gluten free bread again, mentioned so many times, but for me, it's Strider Bakery pretty much that, yeah. that way or the highway. Really, they're just fabulous.
0: I agree. I use the um. Abbott's Bakery, the soy and seed gluten-free loaf. Mm-hmm. Um, from That's just from the supermarket. That's my go-to quick, easy, like relatively affordable gluten-free bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know yeah. that some people are intolerant to soy. So just make sure that's not one of your triggers. Yeah, bloody disaster.
1: I will also say as a general rule when it comes to gluten-free bread, if it's a shitty gluten free bread, opt for a seeded or a whole grain option. Yes. The more white and less seeds it has, the more cakey and weird it feels. The seeds. And it's, it's so
0: sugary and one. like yeah, bleh.
1: it's gross. Also, I don't understand why all gluten free bread is like a quarter of the size of a normal loaf of bread.
0: That's why I like the Abbotts. The the slices are it's almost bigger. the same size. Yes, I actually think. <laughs> and that it's. It's not cakey at all. Not like those like weird like. It, some of them are like sponge loaves. and you're like, why is there a cake in this bread yeah. bag?
1: Oh yeah, yuck! It's so gross. Um, I think I agree. I think that was my bread before I came completely hooked to Strada, and now mm. when I do that it tastes like shit, but before it was totally okay. Mm. Um, I also wanted to shout out to the Strada Bakery English muffins for oh. their versatility because you can use them as like
0: little burger um, buns, burger
1: buns, or little pizza bases because mm. I'm yet to really find a good pre-made gluten-free pizza base. But the- I
0: still like the one from Coles, the Toscan- Toscanos oh, or Toscan's yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. That is a good gluten-free pizza base. It's a it's a bready base. It's not like a pita bread, like very flat base, but I'm totally fine with it. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: Um. There's but- also the Adore food, a Adore. Ardor gluten-free, they do a really good flour, Um, a lot of celiacs and stuff swear by their flour mix, and they mm. do a dough ball pizza oh, cool. base. I'm pretty sure it's not fructose friendly because it has soy or chickpea or something flour in it, but I tolerate it okay, and because it's dough ball, it's fun because you get to roll it out, and they, generally speaking, I feel like when you have the dough and then you make the pizza base, it's got a better texture than when it's like sitting in a gross sealed bag for like
0: six months. Agreed. Um, I have another recommendation, which is Cobram oil. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got it's... it in caps, like <laughs> Cobram oils.
1: My God, that would be a good sponsorship.
0: What like, would we do without Cobram oils in our lives? I could not exist. I would cease to exist.
1: I absolutely don't know. So for those who don't quite understand, you can't eat g- garlic and onion. But you can eat garlic and onion oil because fructans are water-soluble, which means that they don't leach into the oil, but they can leach in with water.
2: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want
0: for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash trip for free shipping at 365 day returns.
1: Which is why you can't just pick the onion and garlic out of your food because it's late. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that coin, it does mean that things like lentils or whatever vegetable that maybe we ordinarily couldn't eat, if they're canned in water and then you rinse them thoroughly, all of the fructans have leached into the water and therefore the actual food is lower FODMAP, if that makes sense. So you can eat lentils that have been canned and thoroughly rinsed, whereas you probably can't eat dried lentils because they still have all of those fructans or whatever it is in them.
0: Science. Um, Amazing. I also wrote down dumplings from 8d dumpling house i don't like them i love the convenience of them more than anything for anyone who doesn't know they're made in melbourne they are gluten-free dumplings that are all onion and garlic free as well so they do pretty much every flavor look they're not as good as eating a dumpling at a dump at your favorite like chinese dumpling restaurant yeah but For me, they tick the box when I need something, like to pull something out of the freezer um, and just, like, whack it on the stove. And those do such a good job for me and I love them. And I have probably, like, the people at the grocer that I buy them from are like, you're back again, more dumplings. And I'm like, stop shaming me. (laughs)
1: Um, Another absolute, like, sort of accidental FODMAP where the fuck would I be without it thing is Massel Stock Cubes.
0: Oh my God, I've got that on my list too. Oh. Chicken stock for the win.
1: Ch- I like chicken. I like vegetable. I like beef. You name it, I'm there. Chicken's probably my favorite, but beef and and vegetable also have their place. I literally, when we say where is the flavor, your food is fav- flavorless. If you've got the stock cubes, you've at least got something.
0: So yes, true. When, when I was like very unwell, I was eating a lot of, um just chicken stock soup with rice noodles in it and like shredded chicken. And that was it. And it was great on my tummy. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, you were really sick then. Mm. Um, my, I also have a shout out to zucchini and carrot. It's not a specific <laughs> brand, but zucchini and carrot will become your onion and garlic. At least they do in mine. The start of every yeah. meal is me chopping up zucchini and carrot. You can also have a little bit of celery, which definitely gives that sort of oniony flavor. So mm. that's what I'd be using to make your... I guess it's like a Sofrito, um, but without any of the ingredients that you'd kind of use in a Sofrito. Um, Yeah. yeah, That becomes the base of everything. Also, herbs. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The green part (sighs) of spring onion. Oh, what a blessing.
0: What would we do without it? Ginger.
1: Oh, (laughs) thank God. Chives, delightful. Dill, great. Yes.
0: (laughs) They're all so good.
1: Anything dried as well. Like you can get dried um, dill, which has a nice, sort of, slightly oniony flavor. I yep. never used it, but people swear by, and I don't know how to say it, Esafetida. Excuse me? Oh my God. Have you not come across this? No. Oh, it's an um, I, Indian spice that apparently has a really oniony, garlicky taste, but of course has no onion and garlic in it. So oh my goodness, people use it all the time, but I think you have to cook it out because it's really potent. Um, mm-hmm. I've never used it, but people swear by it.
0: I'm happy enough with my onion and garlic oil so I don't need that in my life. But that's
1: where my where I was coming from. But I think if you were yeah. making a curry paste or something, it would definitely be something to look into.
0: Mm, I put down also it's a random one, but nutritional yeast. Oh, um, I was
1: actually looking for nutritional yeast today. I've never cooked with it because I'm I'm more dairy tolerant or lactose tolerant than you are. But, yeah. It's but like a really good one
0: it. if you need if you've got a dish that typically would be made as a dairy dish. For instance, I'll just pluck something out of the air like a a carbonara Mm -hmm. and you're using like a coconut milk and you're using um a little bit of uh, tapioca starch or something like that to thicken it up and you've salted it and you've peppered it and you're like but it just doesn't taste like cheese like something in it isn't giving it that cheese flavor nutritional yeast will hit that spot because it's got enough umami Mm. in it that it for some it somehow just ticks that cheese box, and it's got a little bit of stank to it too. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't have too much of it if you are like a bit gut sensitive because it can be one of those things. It's a bit bloating because it is a yeast, mm-hmm. uh, but in small doses, totally fine. And I don't think you would be eating lots of that. It's like a sprinkle. No. Yeah, it's a sprinkler.
1: <laughs> I've also heard that it's great on popcorn from people that are in no way dietary challenged or vegan or whatever. Just great as using like that sort of fake cheese powder. Mm. Uh, corn chips, an absolute yep. lifesaver.
0: Yep. I've got a whole chip category actually. Oh, great. Um, so in terms of chips, they are a lifesaver, especially if you're gluten intolerant and also – can't eat onion and/or garlic because onion powder is in almost every chip flavor under the sun. Mm-hmm. I will never forget the time, Lisa, that I was at your house and we had a cheese night with the girls, and I was unwell at the time and I didn't know why. Mm. And you bought those Big Mac chips oh god, from Cole,
1: special burger flavor chips. Oh my god, the best!
0: And I, I map stacked that shit with cheese, mm. with gluten, mm-hmm. with like. The whole works. I remember. Uh, and
1: you disappeared for like half an hour.
0: <laughs> I got home that night and have never been in so much pain in my life. And I was like, it's got to be the chips. But like, realistically, it was everything. It was a whole scenario. But yeah, yes. it was bad. So I've written down salt and vinegar, obviously. OG. I have too, of course. Um, a plain chip never goes astray. Yep, a plain chip. And I also have Red Rock Deli lime and black pepper. mm they're all good for your gut and corn chips, obviously, plain corn chips. Absolutely. Yep. What? Uh, brown rice,
1: like when I don't have a meal, I literally do zucchini, carrot and whip out one of the microwavable brown rices, chuck it in with a little bit of butter, a little bit of lime, a masal cube, and there you've got like a rice salad and then I'll put whatever protein I need with it. Chuck some halloumi on it, chuck a tuna can on it.
0: Oh my god! I cannot eat halloumi. Yes, it.
1: with a, you can have technically you can have two pieces of halloumi, two slices of halloumi if you're lactose intolerant.
0: I can confirm I can't, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, technically. <laughs> also, I'm still amazed at how much of the serving size I have in my head for the fodmap thing, considering I haven't opened up that app for such a long time.
0: Wow. But yeah, but- I I never got to the point of understanding. Like I I did for a few things. Go like, oh, that's my limit. Mm-hmm. But for some things the limit does not exist because the the amount is so small that it's not worth even doing. Like avocado for one, like you're meant to be allowed to eat as an eighth. Yeah, Yeah, cannot.
1: (laughs) You'd have to buy the the thing with the eighth of an avocado. You have to buy those baby like snack size ones and then eat like a quarter of that because otherwise it's just such a waste. I'm so glad I can eat like half an avocado. Um, Another thing that I want to shout out to is passata. Plain or basil infused. Mm -hmm. It will get you through your darkest day.
0: Uh, Posada has been the biggest, it's, Posada is Posada, no go salsa, mm-hmm. uh, coconut milk, all things that I buy every single week, regardless, like just all necessary.
1: Interesting. I would really also like to shout out the fact that lactose tolerant intolerance is easy. You can buy all your dairy goods. Like it does you don't even have to get the coconut alternative. Most of them will have a lactose free version like you can mm. get lactose free cream and sour cream and stuff like that so that's super easy for you
0: I do eat lactose free cheese um yeah. because I like the melt of a cheese like I'm happy to eat a vegan cheese but don't tell me that it melts the same way because oh. you're a liar um yeah. so if I decide that I want to eat a large amount of cheese like on a homemade pizza I'll go for the lactose free cheese rather than opting for a uh no cheese option or a vegan cheese option
1: Oh, absolutely. Meanwhile, I've eaten a whole ball of buffalo mozzarella because I can tolerate it.
0: Woohoo! Yum. Liberated!
1: <laughs> have you got I any have... other, like, you know, must-haves?
0: No, I've got rice noodles. I think, yeah. like, all, like, uh, rice paper rolls and rice noodles are a must for me. Mm-hmm. Um one of my very early undoings was on rice paper rolls because I'd been buying them and not realizing yeah. that the hoist in was yeah. undoing me. Yeah, I, I
1: I can actually almost pinpoint every mistake that you've realized. I have told you, you're an idiot. Pre-made <laughs> an sauce. Any yeah. pre-made sauce, you cannot. Avoid
0: them all. I, I also wrote down um, oyster sauce, which I know... It's probably a further down the line situation for most people because it does. Some of them would have like high fructose corn syrup in them, so read the label. But oyster sauce has gotten me through a lot too.
1: And you know what else has mm-hmm. um, sweet sweet soy? What's that called? Yeah, oh, ketchup, ketchup manis. manis. Yeah, uh, rice yeah. noodles a protein
0: done. Pabu, um, kind of almost get the gluten free one. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, why, why why wouldn't you? Um, they taste the same. It's just like I feel like they use wheat as a bulking ingredient in so many things where it's like, well, it's not that hard. You can just bulk it out with a tapioca starch or a corn flour and it will be totally fine. Absolutely. Um,
1: oh, I totally had something else that flocked into my mind, but it's just, no, that's fine. Um, Spring onions, oh. obviously. Oh. Yes, of course. Um, Sober noodles. A lot of them will say like buckwheat noodles. Check the back. A lot of them are mostly wheat and then some buckwheat. And mm. here is my cheat. A lot of, pasta brands will do a buckwheat like a gluten-free buckwheat spaghetti and that ah, is basically
0: buckwheat noodles
1: a buckwheat noodle and it is always cheaper than buying like a fancy full 100 percent buckwheat sober noodle you just have to more... them because they get claggy mm.
0: and I was gonna say a more reliable texture surely that would stay firmer for a bit longer I think
1: so and also again on that situation if you want like a stir fry and you don't want rice noodles you want the feel of a real noodle use a spaghetti noodle because like it's the same thing yeah think outside the box snacks alex other than chips what have you got
0: oh uh, chips is what i wrote <laughs> okay i've
1: got the table of plenty rice cakes my personal uh. favorite is the yogurt covered ones but there is dark chocolate covered ones which are still lactose friendly. I don't think they've got that much lactose in them. And they yep. also have savory ones that are like tomato and basil or something, which is fun. Surely they have onion powder in them. No, I checked. Oh. Um, I don't, I, I've never bought anything without checking the label in my entire life. They're fine. Um, I also used to snack on Baby Bell cheese, which now that I look at that, I would not happily eat a Baby Bell like ever.
0: God, I love Baby Bell. When, I miss them so much.
1: When I was at uni and I had like eight hour uni days and I'm like, I eat a lot. Like I really do have to eat like every three hours. I would just snack on a baby bell here and there and it just really
0: got me through. Mm. Um, I've written down, sorry, I forgot one thing, Um, for another frozen meal on the go. There's a brand called Dynamic, D-I-N-E, A-M-I-C, Love and the they do uh, a couple of low FODMAP options. And actually now they're available in supermarkets and I don't know if the low FOD options are available in the supermarkets, but they do do delivery and they have, I think it's a, like a Tuscan Italian sauce, they do a low fod butter chicken, and they do a low fod spaghetti bolognese, and all of them are good to have as like pre-made sauces that just just sit in your freezer for when you're desperate.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Also, I wrote down pico chocolate, um, which is very tummy-friendly, preservative-free, like good for you chocolate.
1: Yeah, a great alternative to what's the one that everyone likes? Comes in small little blocks.
0: Oh, loving no. Oh, not um... loving earth.
1: Oh, you guys will know Panna? Yeah, Panna
0: chocolate. Oh, my God, they're so full of dates, I'd shoot myself instantly. Yes, I'm absolutely
1: so intolerant to that. And just be careful, any of those fake health foods, they all contain so much dates that you will literally shoot yourself instantly. The
0: sugar content of of those, like, quote-unquote health foods with all of those dates in them are just off the chart as well. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's most of our stuff covered, is it? Yeah,
1: that's, the smile is done. Can I – I want to finish this. Um, tune out now if you don't want to hear gross stories. Can I finish this on where is the worst place that you've almost shat your pants or that you have shat your pants?
0: Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Do you want me to go first
1: while you think? Yeah, you go first. Okay, I've got two. Um, <laughs> one was on my anniversary with Brenton and we had eaten at um, – Oh, what Nobu? We'd eaten at Nobu, and I still, say, I don't know if I got food poisoning or just had the worst fructose fodmap reaction of my life. But we went upstairs. And I felt really sick and I did a couple of spews in the shower and I was so incap- incapacitated that I didn't make it to the toilet and I was in the shower
0: oh I remember that story you texted me <laughs> and
1: it was <laughs> one of those rooms where everything was open so he was like <laughs> like no
0: what is happening to my body sexy date night ruined I was
1: I was really sick like I went his dad's a doctor and the next day he was like show me your tongue in your mouth and he was like you're so dehydrated like what have you done I was like well I got stuck in the shower for two hours like absolutely dehydrating my body I'm a raisin and then the other one was I was in Japan and I was in one of their like fun little drinking alleys and I had all this like yakitori and all of this onion and garlic and then I realized that there was just like two toilets like none of the restaurants have any of the toilets like it's a communal thing and I had to queue for so long and then I got in there and I was sweating and I was crampy so
0: although nothing worse nothing worse
1: although I said I'm I'm mostly constipated you can get to the point that you're so constipated that your body then ejects the food and this is when I have these situations (laughs) and then I realized it was like a trough drop toilet and I was smashed and I'd been holding it in so long. And then I had to like squat and it was so <laughs> tricky. My legs were quivering and I was like, don't fuck, this up. Don't fuck <laughs> this up. And some of my friends and Brenton had to wait for me because we'd met friends in Japan and I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, guys. that's the worst. Just met you and your partner. And I and I haven't known you very long, but I'm so sorry. I've actually got violent diarrhea and I need to go and poo in a trough <laughs> Oh, my God. And so yeah, that stands out as a bad one, too. But <laughs> then you can sort of kick on. Like, once it's out of you, you're like, oh, thank God, I can recover. Whereas otherwise, I would have had to go back to the hotel room and cry there. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. You do.
0: I don't have specific memories, like, because I, I don't think I've gone on that long yet that I've been in some dire situations. I mean... We've all had plenty of times. Maybe we haven't all of times where we've been on our way to work and had to stop somewhere for a poop on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's certainly happened to me before.
1: Mine's always the Mal- same place too. Mine's always Vermont South Macca's. It's like I hit there and my <laughs> body's like, nope.
0: Hot tip, Macca's is the best place to go or any coffee shop. If you're desperate for a poop on the run because you go in, order your coffee, pay for it. Can I say, can I use the bathroom whilst I wait for my coffee? Run off. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is my life. Um And (laughs) I don't think that – I mean, honestly, at my worst I was pooping 10 times a day and when you're pooping that often you're pretty close to a toilet at all times so desperate situations rarely arise.
1: and I'd also just like to point out the fact that Alex (laughs) got Crohn's the day of her hens. Like it literally (gasps) infested her body the day of her hens and she was like – I've had very, a very bad reaction to the alcohol <laughs>
0: and it lasted like from her hands to her wedding and then
1: forevermore.
0: Oh, uh, I'll tell you when the worst time is and I wasn't diagnosed yet. It was on our honeymoon. Oh, I'll never forget. I feel sad thinking about past Alex. We were on our honeymoon and I was up in um the, I can't remember the name of the town, doesn't matter, and we'd eaten garlic bread as our entree for oh, dinner. Oh, God. little old me bread literally and it was fresh like homemade bread with with like actual chunks of garlic Mm. on it covered in butter and it was cheesy garlic bread so it had cheese on it too (laughs) it was an actual disaster for me and I ate that dinner followed by a gnocchi Mm. and then (laughs) which obviously had more garlic and wheat in it and more cheese and went back to the hotel room that night and obviously I felt sick so I had to leave pretty quickly but the pain started at like two o'clock that morning and that's when I actually started googling like what could possibly be wrong with me because I'd been to the doctors at this point sorry now you're getting my life story I'd been to the doctors at this point and they'd said to me you just have IBS you're just stressed about the wedding and I was like pretty fucking sure I'm not stressed anymore hey you know I'm only stressed about the fact that I'm shitting 10 times a day and Beyond that, I was like I, I never believed that I had IBS because I knew it was probably something worse. And that's when I decided that I was gonna book in to see some some nutritionists and some dietitians when I got back. So there you go.
1: Yeah. There's nothing that's... quite like well, I don't know Crohn's pain, I imagine it's worse, but to me there's uh, nothing like constipation pain to the point that I'll be on the bathroom floor sobbing, sobbing. It's different
0: different things. Like I'm sure they're both as bad as each other.
1: Oh. It's just it's not good, it's that, and that is why sometimes we have to laugh when we shit ourselves, because oh sure. like, you cry, <laughs> <And> sometimes <laughs> shitting yourself is a blessing because being constipated is almost worse, so you
0: know and and the people around you just get so used to it, like the girls at work. I was like, if I hadn't done my morning poop, I was like, well, I'm sorry, but I can't leave for work today because I will poo in the car on the way there. So if I'm a little bit late today, you'll have to understand it's because my morning poo wasn't on schedule. And they got so used to me talking about it that when I finally got diagnosed, they were like, well, thank Christ. Because (laughs) we couldn't hear you go on any longer about the fact that you feel sick after lunch.
1: Oh, all right. Well, that is a 42 quote minute, quote unquote mini episode. Thanks so much for listening. So sorry if we revolted you. I hope it was a little bit helpful for some of you. And uh, let us know in the comments where's the most inconvenient place you've
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> We'd really love, like, feel free to message us about this because we have oh, lots dude. of recommendations and we can, I won't bother with the show notes because we're uploading this tonight, but you can message us if you want any recommendations on places to shop or things to buy and we can hundred percent help you out.
1: Yeah. And keep in mind as well, all of the food that we eat pretty much is low FODMAP. So if you're stuck for recipes, we're more than happy to just like send you our dinner,
0: you know? Oh, for sure. Also, if you have recommendations that we don't know about yet, please send them our way. Do. Liberation. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?